0: This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Welcome everyone. Um, This is a great church. It's a great church. Amen. Yes. When I say this is an amazing church... um, I really mean it, and, and, and it's true what Andre says. is, a, a part of me gets extremely agitated when I see people that love God and want a family but feel that there's no place for them in a church. Uh, that that agitates me. It breaks my heart. And I love breaking down walls between the inside of a church and the outside. Um, and for me, survival was a part of that, Um um, I just can't sit still, uh, I don't like it when people tell me I can't do something, and uh, nothing ventured, nothing gained, amen, um, give God something to work with, rather make mistakes, because then you've got stuff to learn from, you know, and, and you can say, hey, I learned this, and you'll be a better person, but to be paralyzed and, and staying in your corner, it's not God's will for you, Amen. So let's do a quick vote. We had one this morning. We do it every week at church. You have a decision, okay? You have to choose one. You can eat afal every day. What is that in English? It must be something like awful, but it's not. Tripe. You can have tripe any time of a day, okay? As much as you want. Or you can have one steer burger every night. What would you have? Turn to the person next to you and just discuss for a second. Tripe Unlimited. <laughs> okay, let's have a vote. Who says I'm going to eat offal or tripe all the time, rather? Hands up. No, uh, that's less than 10. You know, they make steers from that in any case, you know. <laughs> Who says steers? Yes. Okay. Um, there's a picture about uh, a, a picture of my family. It's me, my wife, and my two cupcakes. One vanilla, one chocolate. They both taste great. Um, um, yeah, they they're in Secunda right now, and um, hopefully one day I can bring them with to um, to run around and mess up your place a bit. That's what they're good at. <laughs> Um, That's just a picture of Survivor. Um, It's me on the one side and uh, myself and Katinka. I've got my Let's Go hoodie on. I sneaked onto the show. They said no branded clothes, and I went to the island. I said, "I've got two tops. The one is this grey one. It says Being One, and this other one is my Let's Go top." And they said, "Oh, that's such a cool hoodie. Oh, yeah, you can take it." And so I was walking in my church top the whole time. Uh, And in the evenings, it would get cold. I'll share some survivor behind-the-scenes stuff. So I would start out the evening with my um, hoodie um, folded up as a pillow um, under my head, and if it gets cold, then I would stand, I would wake up and put it on, and then put the hoodie on, and then I, I won't have a pillow anymore, but at least my body would be warm. That that was my my um, routine every night. Um, Challenges like this next picture, sometimes it will take a lot longer than what you'd see on screen. Um, Some of the challenges would go on for longer than an hour. Um, I I can't recall the longest one. I know the one where we stood with a disc in our hands went for like one minute 15, uh, one hour 15. That's a lot. The one where we were stacking the blocks very high, There was I I remember Josie was still standing on our shoulders. Uh, It went on. Very long, because as soon as we got the last one up, the wind would come through the forest and take it down again. And so you had to start again. But but they they only have like six minutes allocated for a challenge because, um, you know, the show needs to go on. So, um, and um, you guys might, some of you might be wondering, um, typically we really live on an island. The one tribe was on one island. The other tribe were on another island. And when we were three tribes, they were each on their own island. So challenges, that it's on an altogether different island. Okay? So what would happen is cameras would be on us at camp. They must always be on us. But as we walk out of the camp with our flag and we walk past the last camera, we're not allowed to speak. So the one person sits here, the one sits there. And uh, they call it a gag order. You, you cannot take the game one step forward, or one word, when the cameras are not rolling. Okay, And so then we wait, and then the speedboat comes in. There, there was t- 10 speedboats that ran the whole time. Okay, They'd put us on the boats. As soon as we are on the boat, they would blindfold us with something that looks like almost like a, a, a safety goggle, but it's made black and it seals. So you put it on. If you take it off, it's, all your face has got a line like this. You can literally see nothing. On the boat we go, so we can't get an idea of where we are because you'd see there'd be building challenges on islands that we'd go past. Okay, so they, 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 and then you get off the boat blindfolded. You might lift up, put your hand on a shoulder of a chaperone, and he'll walk you to a holding area where you wait. You sit here. One person sits here. One person sits here. And then when everyone's ready, because all the cameras have to come from the beach to the challenge, all the cameras are there on one side. If you look at the challenge, it will always be shot from one side and the back or one side and the front so that every camera line uh, picks up no other camera. Okay, but there's a lot in GoPros everywhere. Okay. And then uh, the line you up in a row, still no talk. And as soon as you walk in and you have your feet on the mat... You can talk. You can, if you want to shout an insult, you can do it, because the cameras are on and they can tell the story. Okay, so uh, the doctor would see us before every challenge. Are you okay? Let me see that hand again. Um, how are you're doing with your diarrhea, whatever. Uh, here's a pull. Um, yeah, everyone, everyone's got diarrhea the first few days. I don't know why. I, I was okay though, but um, I don't know if it's a shock to the system or some of the dirt gets into your system but then the doctor would see you before the doctor would see you after they would take your mic off Um, uh, who's the big survivor fans here give me indication whenever you see survivors jump into the ocean you'll see them they have their buffs around their neck because they actually have a mic inside so that you can with a waterproof thing okay and when it's a land challenge sometimes you won't see it because the mic's on the inside yeah okay so there's some tips for you so watch you see next time. Uh, But such a challenge will take most of the day, getting there, getting checked up by the doctor, then the challenge, then back doctor, then back, okay, the whole day, okay. A lot of people ask about the toilets. It's the wonderful natural way of doing it. You can try it at home if you want. You, You go to the garden, step one. You dig a hole, step two. Step three, just use your imagination. Uh, we, we, we decided we had a space. We, we called, called it Coconut Grove. It's where we would we, say, I'm going to go collect coconuts. That means don't follow me where I'm going right now. It was one space, and uh, it, it, it looked beautiful, the sand on top. But if you were to dig around, you'd find some not-so-great treasure. Under the sand, and so whenever you, you dug a hole and you put down a coconut, you would take a stick, put it on top, and the stick would mean don't dig here It's not safe okay so that 's the truth uh, but um, i didn 't say this this morning uh, i 'm not trying to be funny it, it's it's when you read when I read it for the first time, I thought, oh it 's weird, but the most hygiene way to go to the toilet is what Go into the ocean. Okay, the ocean has got salt, which is antiseptic. It's the most hygienic way. Um, and then you you literally wash in the ocean. <laughs> don't pretend you don't go to the toilet. But that's the best. It's um, uh, it's you don't have to to struggle with sand and leaves and stuff. You're in the ocean and you come out a clean man. That's why. Yeah. So that's true. Um, I don't know if you guys know, but four years ago, I um, applied. Um, it, there was a four-year break between the two survivors because it's so expensive. It's, I mean, there was 120 people from South Africa uh, that was um, flown over, set up in hotels. They eat every day, drink coffee. They must be transported. It's, it's a big story. Uh, and... It's not just the transport. These people are being hired for their skills. It, it, there's nothing like it. I mean, you, can, you, you can't compare the cost to anything else. Um, so at a four-year break, and last time, I was the male reserve. I, I went in. I got checked. I did all the tests at this time, and then I got the email, congratulations, you are the reserve. Signed this contract and send it. And I thought they were joking. I really thought they were joking with me just to, you know, prepare me for, for the game. And I'm like, ha, oh, ha, ha, I'm not the reserve. I know it. Denial. And we were at the pastor summit still there at Odomoerland across uh, in that little building. And they said, if we phone you, if you don't get called before 12 o'clock that Friday, it means we won't need you and that friday came and it broke my heart i'm not going to lie and uh, and maybe it's just a word for someone you know um, uh, don't be discouraged when you, it seems like you're being rejected by people or you saw a way that you might walk in and it didn't work, work out that way please don't be encouraged i wasn't discouraged sorry don't be discouraged it took me it, took, it literally took me a few months um, I, I took a knock I thought, why would they not take me? What is what is wrong with me? Am I not, you know, compelling enough for, for the position? And and I remember when I saw those people on the TV, I'm like, who's playing in my place? You know, <laughs> is it you, is it you? And then and then the one guy still quit and it was hard for me. Um took me four years, you know. Uh, but the same happened with David. I mean, he wasn't even there when you know Samuel came to look for a king. You know, he's somewhere in the field. The father didn't even think of having him there. To be an option for selection. So, so when you feel like you're being left in the fields, God, he does not forget about you. Okay? Have patience with God's journey in your life. Amen? Each one of you hears, and this is not part of my sermon, it's just coming from my heart. Um, he knows about you. Amen? So this morning, um, I couldn't finish my sermon and so i reworked a bit of what i want to do tonight with this morning and so if you miss this morning uh, this sermon will stand on its own but if you want to get the sermon from this morning and put the pieces together it'll help you a lot amen i just quickly want to pray father i want to thank you for this amazing moment these amazing people of east london lord they make me happy and, and I just have memories about our church which is having a wonderful time at this moment just like them and I pray that you'll bless Shofar Sekunda, and I pray that you'll bless Shofar East London and especially every visitor that's here tonight. Amen. Um, my two points of this morning just quickly on the screen. Uh, what a contradiction if we speak the words of the gospel without the heart of Jesus um, I'm, and I want to tell the story there was an incident on the island first or second night where uh, one of the people who said they were a Christian were having a, a heated debate with Jean Jean is my friend, um, apparently the mafia wife um, and Jean in her heart there 's something there I, I really I really have a love for her. She went with me to showpasstallain Bosch two weeks ago it 's amazing, yeah, um, but she was having an argument with with the one man which at one point, because of the disagreement, this man who says, I'm a Christian, I represent the church. He told everyone he's in a church. In fact, he found a new church, and he wants to join the band. And so he was the church guy. Not, I was the biokineticist to start off with. Which at one point said to Jean, you will not understand because you're not saved. That was his words. And I could see his words break her heart you're excluded you won't understand these spiritual things because you're not up to standard that's what she heard it broke her heart i spoke to her afterwards and she said i don't have an issue with jesus but i hate the church because in her mind that's how the church speaks to people and, and, and so for me, I've been thinking about this a lot. Uh, what a contradiction if we speak the words, the right words. Yes, you, you might be wrong, but without the heart of Jesus. Mag je harte breek voor die But more about that if you want to get that um, sermon, it'll be up sometime, I'm sure. So what I want to do now is take this second point. You have to unmask if you want to know Jesus deeply. And believers need to unmask first if they want to share the gospel truly. And the idea we were talking about this morning is this fact that when you are stripped of many things you rely on, the person who you really are actually comes to the top. It, 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 it surfaces. And that person has needs and vulnerabilities and stuff they're thinking about and worrying about. But we often, what we do is we numb our hearts' desires with stuff we can buy and get and do, okay we chase things in this world which at certain point, become masks we wear so that we don 't hear the cry of the heart anymore. And so we 're onto this thing of being real, we 're onto this thing of being vulnerable because on the island it strips you of everything, everything. And and I've I've been observing some of my fellow contestants. We're also friends. We we we, we speak to one another, and I'm also checking their lives on social media. There's a lot of masks, a lot of makeup, a lot of stuff going on. But on the island, there's none of it. And so, when you are kind to someone, they will cry and say thank you, because it's just so close to the surface. The fact that I've got needs and I've got hurts and. How do we get to that place where we really have real relationship and allow Jesus to really come and work with us? We have to let go of some of these masks. And I'm just going to head into this. And I'm going to, I'm going to give three sub-ideas for this. Okay, are you following me? That's not too hard? Okay, come with me on this journey. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 6. Though if I should wish to boast... I would not be a fool. This is Paul speaking. For I would be speaking the truth, but I refrain from it so that no one might think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. I want to watch out that I don't put up a mask so that you think I'm one thing, but actually I am another. Can you see that? Let's go on. therefore I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. What happens when we allow ourselves to come to the surface? What happens if we take the courage to say, you know, I've been hiding behind this car or this job or I've been dressing in a way to to portray myself in a way? What if I just allow God? What if I allow Him just to take me as I am and and, and the real journey I have, I share with people, even if it includes my failures. What happens in those moments? Let me take it from my other side. If we, as a congregation, let, let's talk in a congregation sense, you can use it as a small group or for yourself, project the part of us that is beautiful only. If we project the part of us that is kind of fixed, or we we, it's like we osferf and we show that. If we project to the world that that we are, we got it together. What we are saying is this: we're saying. Come and join us and let's be perfect together. Come and join us and let's be perfect together. We've got the perfect worship leader. He looks perfect. He plays perfect. He walks perfect. He never speaks about his mistakes. We have the perfect pastor and the perfect wife and the perfect marriage. Now, I can joke about that because Andre is very blunt. He will share with you, like... Some more about the stuff he does wrong and and it's great. It's funny to hear his stories. And that's why I just enjoy Andre to share this because I know this is your heart. But what we are saying is come and let's be perfect together. You will have two effects on the people that hears this. One part of, we know everyone is sinful, right? We know everyone has mistakes. One part will hear this and say to themselves, I can never join that church. Because they are too perfect. I can never join them because what if they find out that we're not even sleeping in the same room anymore? What if they find out, I don't even like my husband. What if they find out about my drug addiction? It's better for me I never come back. You hear that? The other part, I don't know which one is worse, is you get a group of people that that thinks, hmm, These people, they're just as perfect as I am. Problems. Because you know what? Now you need to get your worship on their level of perfection. The snacks need to be on their level of perfection. And you've got a church in competition. It doesn't work. Are you with me? So let me tell you what. In my church, I tell them if my wife and I go through a difficult time. I tell them. Because if I open that truth to them, I see people responding, coming out and say, hey, we also struggle. So we are real people serving a real God, but we've got real issues on the way of becoming more like him. So masks must go so that the church can grow, and and you and yourself. Make sense? Number one, realness builds a real church. That's what we want. That's what we want. That's what we desire in this place. And so if you are here visiting and everything sounds good, looks amazing, let me tell you what, uh, we are here trying our best to serve Christ, but no one here is perfect. Know that. So you are welcome to stay. I want to say it's not my church, so I can say this is a good church. It's a good church to stay. You've got a good pastor here that loves and prays a lot more than what I think other people pray. You've got a praying pastor. Amen? So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Now, listen, I'm not going to try and give you the theology of the thorn of Paul, because that's going to open a big fight. Okay. I'm going to leave that to your pastor. All we can see is, if we go to the next verse, I pleaded with the Lord that he should leave me, but he said to me, in this case, that thing will remain because my power, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. So you can figure out where the thorn came from, why it was there. All we know is in this specific case, God said it's going to remain for a purpose to keep you from becoming conceited, that my grace may be evident through your weakness. Let's agree on that part. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now, listen up very carefully. This will help you. What happens when we live and we are honest about our weaknesses, the moss comes off, like what we experience on the island. What happens A couple comes into a small group, and you can see there's trouble. You know the way the wife walks. You just know, problema, okay? And, and the husband, like, <laughs> and you know, he has something, something's up, and then it happens. She says, okay, we, need to, we decided we're going to tell everyone. My husband told me last night that he cheated on me when we were engaged. It's five years later. He only told me last night because they just got met. They just met God three weeks ago, so now God is bringing up these things. And uh, what happened is she had a cup full of tea, which she threw at him. <laughs> and as the fight went on and it got hotter and hotter, he'd, he mopped the floor faster and faster. <laughs> and that's more or less. What, and so the next couple. He said, listen, uh, this is what we did. I'm like, Lord, this is not the small group I planned. There's problems here. And the next man said, listen, I've got a problem with pornography. It's been dominating my life for five years. You know what happened? The power of God came into that small group. Let me show you something from scripture that maybe you've missed. Verse 9. My grace is sufficient for you. My what is made perfect in weakness? My power is made perfect in what? Realness, number two, attracts the power of God. It invites it in. We've got many churches in our country around the world where everything is perfect, but it lacks what? Power. Because power comes when there's human weakness. This is important. Let's go on. I don't have a lot of time. For the sake of Christ, then, I'm going on. Next verse. I am content with weaknesses. It's time that you take a break from beating yourself up. Because you're tired. God never told you to be tired. Comparing yourself with someone else, that's not your journey. Brief. <laughs> Insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, I am what? So being weak, being real, taking off a mask invites what? Strength. <laughs> In other words, realness attracts growth. A broken church is a growing church. And there's no competition. Isn't that amazing? Take this to your company. (laughs) You'll make more money. (laughs) That's the truth. I've tested it with the guys in Secunda. It works. It's kingdom money, then, by the way. So let me tell you something about my weakness. Uh, We're all different like this, but if I have my my natural inclination in my times with God is to open the Bible first, and it's sometimes the last act is to close it. And and my friends in our church knows that I struggle with a discipline of prayer because my nose is in the word. But let me tell you something about this. I've been in Secunda. For six years. And and, and I'm being conservative because I don't want to lie. I think I've not missed intercession five times in six years. Except when I'm out of town. Because I know it's my weakness. I know it. And my friends know it. So the last six years, I've been praying every single week. And you know what? I've grown and I've become strong. Because weakness invites growth when it's in the light between brothers. It's so incredibly important that we can be weak and strong. Amen? Realness attracts real growth. Now, what I want to do is, this is almost like shifting a gear in the sermon. So what now? What What does it mean? Okay, so here we are. That's amazing. Um, this is the family we want to be. We want to grow. We want to take this truth and grow. But but now let's talk about how do you how do you take this beyond this building? I'm going to put two very big terms on the screen, and then when you look at it, you think I'm very smart, and uh, that's the purpose of those two terms. Try and say Identification. <laughs> 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 so these are. This is missionary language, okay, so in in, in in the study missiology, which is God's mission to us and how we respond to Him over time, they discovered that mostly there was two different ways in which missionaries would engage with people that they would take the gospel to, like you are doing in this London. Okay, you are here do you know that you're a missionary in this London? You just you're not working for the church, but you're working for God, right? He gives you a job, he pays your salary to do his work until he comes back. The two ways in which they engaged with the community, number one, was the early Roman Catholic Church. And I'm not saying these men were, were bad. They laid their life down and often died on the field. But extractionalism was the, the heart or the view where the man went and said, we're going to build a Western home. We're going to take Western food. And then we're going to take these people out of their homes in Africa and East Asia, and we're going to teach them a Western language, English. Because where we come from, we've got a great society, and we must give that also to these people. Can you see that? The pride. So the people would leave the village, come into the home of a missionary, being taught the gospel in English. And some people, a lot of people, Uh, learned the gospel. But here's the problem. When the missionary moved or died because they picked up diseases, they weren't used to the environment, the mission would fall flat on the ground because it was built on the culture of a man that came in. Then they said missionaries that worked effectively and they changed their strategy were the people that went into the homes of the locals, slept on the floor, if the man slept on the floor in his house. If he had rice, That's what we would eat. They start to learn the language, the words. They use the utensils in the home to to describe the gospel. You know, if a man had a cup, now let me tell you what, there's a man that wants to fill your heart, like filling this cup with water. His name is Jesus. And if a missionary went out of a home and his friend would come in he said, you know what, there's a man that wants to fill you, like this cup. And so they would identify with the people. Why am I sharing this? I want to go to the island. But in life, we are moving so fast. We've got so many things that we fill our programs with that sometimes the best we can do is to say, come to church. What are we doing? We're extracting. You should do that because a lot of people come to East London looking for a church and waiting for an invitation. Never stop it. Come to small group. Come to church. What I am saying is the following. If a lot of people are of the stance that John is, I'm okay with Jesus, but I hate the church, know that you're asking a big piece of the population to do something they're very afraid of. To step from their home into church. It's an incredible jump. Someone needs to go and sit in their home. Someone needs to make the time. Someone needs to budget an evening or a day to say, this is my day when I go and sit in that person's house long enough so that they can see I care for them. And we're sitting on the island. And we're hungry, man. And the sun comes up. We're up first every morning. We prayed every morning together. sun is up like this. But now we don't have words anymore because we're seeing one another permanently. So we're just sitting. So it's a dusky. Okay. And I think, when I open my eyes, Lord, I want the sun to be there. Because if the sun sets, and maybe tomorrow we can win food, but we just need to get past this day. And then when I open my eyes, the sun is... Yes, but it moved like this. Time will not move when you are hungry. You want to slow down your aging process? Fast. And look at the watch. I promise you, they will not pass. You can instantly slow down your aging. It works like a bomb. But now, what I'm doing is, I'm not realizing God showed it afterwards. I'm identifying with Him because I'm, I'm, I'm sitting with Him. I'm being together with Him. Now, masks are already off. I only met him day 22, merge. Masks are off. The first three points. What now? I'm, I'm being myself. I share about my weakness. But now I sit with him as well. So it's really me, but I really have time to be with him. And I say, Tom, you've got a, you've got a boy. You've got a son. And always on the island, the tears comes down. says yes his name is dylan (laughs) he's 14 years old and today you went to high school and i'm not there and the tears flows down we don't cry like this in this world because our mask are on we're moving too fast we're not connected now i'm sitting there (laughs) i'm not gonna cry i'm not gonna cry and so he says what about your son and i say his name is caleb and he's four years old (laughs) And he looks at me and, and and he says, "You should hug him a lot because he gets to an age and, and and the parents will know this when he's ashamed to hug you in front of his friends now we 're crying it 's the snort the the and and all the people who knows what i 'm talking about here Some, you know but we there's no there's no opportunity for me to sit down next to a, a another gentleman and have that conversation because I don't create the space in my life where I sit long enough to show that I care about your son and you care about mine and so now there's a connection and he says the following he says when I was out of school I went to mercy ships to work for God but no one liked me because I couldn't fit in it's 20 years later and I haven't found a church I'm still injured because the other people that were serving said that I don't fit in with with their style and he is an odd character you have to understand that you need grace to understand but he's got a capacity to love I'll tell you that And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Next slide. He dwelt, or the word dwelt, tabernacled. He pitched his tent, he stayed. He came to stay and we've seen him. He had his dwelling with the angels, but he came down to be with us. He he did the job in 24 hours, okay? God could have sent him as a grown man, but he stayed for 33 years. They could see him. They watched him eat. Maybe sometimes when Jesus ate, there was also sauce running down his face. He he was just a man and 100% God, but he he was seen and he was felt and he was heard. And he slept next to them and they walked up a mountain. They walked down, they were on boats. He stayed long enough to impact the lives of people. We need to slow down. We need to slow down if we want our lives to be impactful. Survivor forces you to do that, but I've, I'm bringing back a lot. I'm telling the guys in Sukuna, we need to dwell with people on Saturday. There's hungry people, but we can't, we're not even in town. This Saturday here, this Saturday there, then erased, then erased, race, then there. We need to take our calendar and make time to be missionaries and sit with people long enough that they can see we love them and care for them. Number three, may we learn to walk into the lives of others and love them closer to Christ. Not speak them closer. You need your words as well, but both. Amen. And I'm finishing off, and then I'm going to give over to Andre. This is one of my favorite stories. Uh, we want to pray with some of you tonight. If, you, if you're, like, into history or you're a big reader, you'll know this woman. I've used this story a lot. Who knows? I mean, if there's someone I'll be really impressed. Okay. This woman is called Kitty Genovese. Kew Gardens incident. Rings a bell? Next slide. This man found her in an alley, Winston Mosley. She comes home every night quite late, um, walks in a very dark alley, finds the door of the apartments. a a little bit like a a corset. So they'd walk up um, communal stairs and have their rooms where the people would live. And this man watched her for a few weeks. And one night when she came home after work, He attacked her in the alley and stabbed her with a knife. And she shouted very loudly and she said, he's stabbing me, help me. And what happened is people on the second and third floors put on the lights of their apartments, opened the windows and looked out to see what's going on. And as the lights went on, the attacker retreated into the darkness. Because he had a sense people will come down and and help her. Here's the thing. No one came down. The Genovese syndrome still today. Bystander effect. When she was screaming, no one had the courage to go down. To find her there. And he came back and he murdered her. Found a body there. It's an incredible story. But, but when he heard our cries, he did not stay. He came down, pierced for our transgressions. Our chastisement was on him. He did not come down with the thought that he might die. Right. He came down knowing he would die in the alley. He still came down. And that's the God we serve. And so this is not a survivor thing. It's a life thing. But survivor has highlighted to me again how precious the lives of people are. And to work in the fields of a gospel is work. You have to put time out for work. It's hard work. Sometimes you cry, sometimes you laugh. But we are working in the fields. But people in this town, they are crying out. They're saying, help me. And who's going to go down and sit with them and be with them and be close enough? Thank you for listening.